0: And
1: also, good morning to those of you, or good evening, or good day, or whatever time it is, joining via our podcast. Next week, I'm going to give a bit of an update on our podcast, but here's a couple of things I thought we could celebrate today. Uh, This week, we had our our highest ever daily download of our podcast. It happened on Wednesday, our highest ever. In fact, our daily download on Wednesday, three months ago, was our... Average monthly downloads. So uh, God's kind of kind of doing something there. And uh, last month, uh, we entered the top 50 Christian podcasts in Australia. We moved into number 46. So we're coming for you, number one. And uh, so God's great. You know, like uh, uh, just the fact that um, God uses technology. And uh, these days we're borderless and we can be frictionless and good things are happening. So that's exciting. So, so shout out to those of you joining us. This is the second week of our series. We launched last week, Winning the War in Your Mind. Now, let me tee off this morning by shocking you. I'm gonna tell you something. I need you to know, are you sitting down? You're sitting down. Podcast people, make sure you're sitting down. Uh, get off that treadmill, sit on the bench. And uh, here's the shocking reveal. Occasionally, I, this guy, me, makes, occasionally, I make dumb decisions. I know, I know, it's shocking. I mean, some of you are like, that's fake news, surely. No, you're gaslighting us. No, 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 occasionally, I, yes, I know, all wise one, Mark Pomery, occasionally, underline, occasionally, I make dumb, dumb decisions that result in me doing a dumb action that No shocker leads to a dumb outcome. The sorts of things where after the outcome plays out, I think to myself, self, what were you thinking? And myself says to myself, well, whatever it was, you weren't thinking straight. And that's just the reality occasionally. For example, last Saturday, I thought it was a good idea. Now we've uh, built an extension to our little old brick house and it uh, hasn't been, uh, land- well, landscape is a work in progress. So it's just sand everywhere. And uh, over the preceding week, we'd had some retaining walls put into our backyard and we uh, to protect our nice new concrete pathway that the that the trades used to have to go for, I put down some canvas drop sheets, long, brand new canvas drop sheets. And so the boys through the week were walking up and down, pushing their trolley, pushing their barrow, carrying stuff. And then over the week, it's, it's cold, it's wet, it's damp. There's just like layers and layers and layers and layers of soil building up on these drop sheets. And so finally come Friday, Retaining wool's done. Thanks, boys. God bless you. Love your work. Uh, Saturday, I roll up the drop sheets. It's about seven meters length in total. Roll them up. And I think, these were new a week ago. I know what I'll do. I will shove them into our five-week-old, brand-new, domestic washing machine, which is what I did. And uh, anyway... Put, them, put it on the heavy-duty cycle. It was like, thank God that Fisher and Paykel uh, were smart enough to include a heavy-duty cycle because these drop sheets are going to need that particular cycle. And I went to bed. Uh, Louis was out with some girlfriends watching the movie In the Heights. Uh, she highly recommends it. And uh, anyway, in the morning, uh, I got up. It was Sunday morning. Uh, I got up at 5. Checked check my phone just there. And I saw a message from Louisa, and uh, it was a very lengthy message. And I'm thinking, this probably isn't going to start with the words, I love you. Uh, and uh, anyway, point is, she'd gotten home about 1 a.m. Our brand new washing machine had flooded our brand new laundry. Had, uh, the water had cascaded over to the um, 1950s Jarrah floorboards that we'd worked very hard to protect during the renovation project. And the message was not messages of happy thoughts from Louisa. And uh, anyway, long story short, um, I broke our five-week-old washing machine. Um, <clears throat> well, no, well. I didn't do it. My dumb decision did it. <laughs> but that's the point. No, 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 no. But this, see, that's the point. This is the point. And then, so I, I shared that with the team last Sunday morning. I go, listen, I've spent my morning uh, both being uh, castigated by my wife a viral a text and uh, trying to somehow scoop up the uh, sand that had gotten into the pipes, which, by the way, uh, overflowed a large uh, mixing bowl that I had to fetch from our kitchen to—anyway— um, so I shared it with the team. I went to lunch with Brando, one of our team members. Brando went to lunch Sunday. And he's sitting across. Brando's pretty, like, he's pretty, like, level-headed guy. And he, he looks across the table and he says to me, he, he wanted to talk about the washing machine situation. And so he starts probing. And he says to me, so why did you think it was a good idea to put the drop sheets in a... You And I'm like, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't answer that. And he's like, okay. He goes, but wouldn't you have have thought to like maybe shake them out first? I go, yeah, 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 yeah. Now that you mention it, that would have been a good thing to have thought. Uh, And he says, yeah, and then what you could, I said, listen, Brando, stop with the questions because they all have the same answer. I wasn't thinking straight. So that was it, end of discussion. I'm like, I'm owning it. I wasn't thinking straight. Straight now, listen, people. Before you give me the judge Judy stares sometimes you do things that suggest that indicate that ultimately demonstrate you weren't thinking straight. You've had a stressful day at work, you're like, Oh, my family's gonna be in the house when I get there, huh, I can't deal. That you're like, No, 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 that's not, it's not their fault, I'm not gonna take it out on them. So, you you pray and you pull in the driveway and you count to 10 and then you get in the house and within two minutes, the fuse is lit. And you're like, oh. Maybe you've decided you're going to get out of debt. You're going to reduce your spending, start creating some margin, put that towards debt. And before you know it, your Amazon shoving cart is full again. Maybe you've decided to trust God with something. You know, it's like, man, I, I, I be, I'm, I'm done worrying about this. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put it in his hands and... Moments later, you find yourself worrying again. And you're like, what am I thinking here? But that's the point. Sometimes we, we're not thinking straight. And there's a reason for that. In fact, the, the reason largely has to do with the way our brains are wired, which develop over time. Our brain's kind of made up, not entirely, it's, it's a little bit oversimplified uh, explanation, but of these kind of roads and and back alleyways and some freeways in there, kind of mixed up, called neural pathways. And they're actually the the the, the, the uh, roads, I'll keep with that metaphor, that our thoughts travel along. And over time, the more we think certain thoughts and have certain thoughts, Patterns; those neural pathways become more and more established, more and more entrenched to the point where, we, where they become our default, that, that actually we start making certain decisions without even really having to consciously give a lot of effort to that thought. It just goes there, which is terrific if that neural pathway is established in a, in a direction that's gonna ultimately take you to where God wants you to be, But it's a massive problem if we've allowed a neural pathway to develop that's going to take us to a place that's less than God's best. And so the good news is, and thank God there's good news, and I revealed this last week, that we can, if we've got certain neural pathways that are taking our thoughts and therefore ultimately our decisions and therefore ultimately the outcomes, of our actions in a a, a direction that's less than God's best. The good news is we can actually reroute our neural pathways. It'll take time, it'll take effort, but it's possible. Wherever your current neural pathways are today, our brain has the ability to be reshaped and reformed. It's what's known as brain plasticity. So that's the good news. But it's not gonna happen automatically. And it's actually gonna require us to, first of all, think about what we think about and then when we identify anything that's less than God's best, any current thought, default, thought pattern that's less than God's best, to actually declare war on that and to say, you know, I'm not gonna settle for this anymore. Yeah, this might've been how, how I've thought about this for a year, for a decade, for 40 years, but you know what? I've thought about what I think about and I've, and I've uncovered or I've been, God's shone, shone His spotlight of revelation on a particular thought pattern, and I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going to allow that any longer to be my default thought pattern. So this series is called Winning the War in Your Mind. It's based on a book by Craig Groeschel of the same title. And in case you missed it, I mentioned this last week, it's a companion series to a series we taught in 2019 called Mastermind. And uh, you can jump in our podcast, go back to 2019 and take a deeper dive from that. But this whole process, uh, Paul, one of the heavyweights of the early church, an early kind of entrepreneurial uh, Christian leader, uh, he had a phrase for it. He had a phrase for what it means to reroute our thinking, reroute our neural pathways. And I shared this last week. Let me drop us back into that today. And this is something that he wrote to the church in Rome. And he instructed them, do not conform to the pattern of this world, don't think like just everyone else thinks. Certainly, don't think like the lowest common denominator thinks. Don't think thoughts and ways that that don't align with God's best for your life. But instead, be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You might have a 40-year-old mind, and it can be renewed. You might have a 50-year-old mind, and it can be renewed. Listen, you might have a 60, 70, 80 year old mind and yet it can still be renewed. You can teach an old dog new tricks, hallelujah. So what I wanna do today is actually put out some tools, one big, big one in particular, that we can use to train our mind, to actually train our mind to go in a new and better direction. And this word train, you know, training something, we typically, particularly with Tokyo 2020, it's 2021, 2020 coming up, uh, we might be thinking about training our bodies. You know, training your bodies, if you decide, I'm gonna train my body. Well, when you start to train your body, you hopefully start to give more focus, more attention to what you put into it and what you do with it. Well, those same principles apply to training our mind. That if we want to train our mind to be better, then we need to give more focus and more attention to what we put in it and what we do with it. Now, by the way, Paul has kind of sponsored this series. He's just gonna keep popping up again and again. So let me show you something else that Paul wrote. And and by the way, he's actually a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, hero-like figure of how it's actually possible to renew your mind. Like his job was to lead armies to kill Christians, to defeat the rise of the church in number and power. And then he met Jesus and Jesus said, stop that. It's not cool. I don't like it. And instead, how about you follow me? And Paul's like, ooh, that sounds like a 180 degree shift. And Jesus says, yeah, it is. And he's like, um, okay. And he did. And so he's got a lot to say about the topic. He used to think about things this way and now he thinks things this way. So hey, let's lean in. So let me drop us into the end of a letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi. So if you've got your Bible and a torch or if you've got your app, pop it open here. It's the message version I'm going to drop us into. This is right at the end of a letter that he wrote to the church in Philippi. So he's written all this stuff. And by the way, this is a great, great book to read. It's only four chapters. It's a great, great book to read. Tons of great stuff. We've actually taught a series on that. Maybe we'll teach another one sooner rather than later. But this is right at the end of that. And... Uh, Before I read the slice that I'm gonna read, this entire letter he wrote whilst a prisoner in a Roman prison. And by the way, been in prison for like preaching about Jesus. And he's in prison. And and what he wrote to them doesn't kind of read like the sorts of thoughts we'd expect to hear from someone that's in prison. And he's able to write these thoughts because he wasn't thinking like a prisoner thought. He was thinking like a free man thought. You can put bars in front of my body, but you can't do anything with my mind and my spirit because Jesus has set me free. And this is how he drops this in at the end of his letter. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best. By the way, whenever Paul or Jesus or God say, this is how you do best, uh, keep reading. This is how you do best, by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise and things not to curse. Paul tees off by saying we actually need to act, we need to decide and we need to develop the practice. We need to develop the tools. We need to do the training by filling our minds and meditating. So let's start with filling our minds. This is again, this is this thing. If you wanna train your body, you will hopefully, if you're taking it seriously, pay more attention to what you're putting in it. Same goes with our minds. That we pay more attention to what we're putting in it. And Paul doesn't leave us hanging. He gives us his top nine. Here, here's some clues. Let, let me make it easy for you. Just if you don't know what you should be filling your minds with, here's nine. I'm not even gonna overwhelm you with 10. This one, Paul de Blanc, I'm sorry to tell you, only goes to nine, but they're crackers. True, is this true? Is this, does this line up with what, is this, or is this fake news? Is this a lie from the devil? Is this something that my, my uh, grandparents taught me that I've discovered was just a family of origin nonsense? Is this true? Is this noble? Is this the sort of thought is this the sort of information? Is it the stuff that, that nobility, that the son or the daughter of the king of kings would actually put in their minds? Or is this just junk and rubbish and garbage and low-level stuff? Is this reputable? Like, really? What's the source of this, this thing I'm putting into my mind? Is it authentic? Like, is it real? Is it, is it or is it just kind of some, you know, overhyped Is it compelling? Like, is it leading me and drawing me in a new and better direction, a direction that sees me more closely following Jesus? Is it gracious, or am I the new member of the cancel culture where I just think the worst about people? And obviously, it's like, what? Is this the best? I mean, really, is there a better way to think about this? Is there a better way to think about that person? Is there a better way to think about how I'm going to approach that Conversation, that situation. Is it beautiful? Like, this be something that God would say, hey, this is something that came out of one of my prized creations. And is it worthy of praise? Is it something that we're saying that even if the circumstances themselves, again, this is a guy from prison writing this, still, is there still something I can praise God for in here? By the way, Paul said, the longer I'm in here with the guards all around me who aren't Jesus followers, I've literally got a captive audience. They think they've got me captive. They don't realize God's got them captive. And every single day, no kidding, read the book, the letter. Every single day, he would lead more and more of the guards to, to become Jesus followers to the point where he ran out of raw materials. Because every new shift, he'd lead them all to Jesus, and then they'd bring the next shift in and lead them to Jesus, and then the other shift would return. And he's like, "Ah, oh, I already led you all to Jesus. Is there any other replacements? So that's something to praise about even though you're in prison. And then, so let's fill your minds. This is a top nine example of things to fill our minds with. And, and therefore, by the way, to actually filter out the stuff that isn't kind of in this kind of list. Just like filter it out. Just like stop it upstream. And then as these things, like Paul's top nine, get into our minds, it's fill our mind and then meditate. Now... um. No, see, some people, and I know this because I've met them, when you say meditate, go, that's new age, that's Eastern mysticism, that's meditation, it's about emptying your mind, and boy, if you empty your mind, the devil's gonna jump in and steal the real estate. And it's like, okay, now, th- that is, there is practices of meditation like that, and I'm not gonna comment on them at all. I'm gonna say this, though, that's not, what Paul was talking about. So if you're frightened of that, that's fine, just leave it. Paul didn't talk about emptying our minds, he said fill our minds. And then as we fill our minds, meditate on these things. There's a word that we could use as a a synonym for meditation and it's the word rumination. Now, (laughs) uh, this is not a vegan friendly uh, analogy that I'm about to use. well, actually, it is because the cow doesn't die in the end of this story. Um, r- ruminants, so a cow and a, and, a, and a sheep, for example, are ruminants. They have multiple chambers in their stomachs. Like they've got one stomach, but it's got four chambers. So, anyway. And uh, what it, so I'll use a cow. A cow would take grass, which is very fibrous, would chew it a little bit, then would pass it down into the first, or does pass it down into the first chamber of its stomach, and it, it, it it forms what's called a cud and then it brings that cud back up, regurgitates the cud, and then it chews on the cud. I was going to show you a, a, a YouTube, I was going to show a couple of YouTube videos of that during the week. But look, yeah, it's not pretty. Uh, you can look at it in your own time, just a chew cow chew on its cud and you're like, Ooh. But and then that cow just chews on it over and over and over again. That's called ruminating. And a cow is known as a ruminant. They're just, they're just ruminating. They've got this thing and they're just chewing it over and over and over again. And this is really the picture that Paul's giving us. This is the instruction that Paul's giving us. Fill your minds with the best stuff and then just continue, don't think about them once, continually ruminate, think of them again and again and again. By the way, you do that, the, 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 the least, the less, the bad, there's no space like you've literally crowded out the other stuff and and God starts to use that process of ruminating to form new and better neural pathways. Now, I do need to tell you this. If you do a quick flyover of some uh, corners of modern psychology, they will tell you that rumination is a bad thing. It's to be avoided at all costs because it's super powerful. And most of the clients that come to these said people They are very good at ruminating. They have got this rumination process on lock. The problem is that their clients are not ruminating on this list. They're ruminating on the negative, the anxious, the troubling, the what if, things could go bad scenarios. And so the psychologist says, stop ruminating. Paul says, no, no, ruminate away. Like more rumination, please. But ruminate on the stuff like this. And and he, he recognizes the power of it just like modern psychology recognizes the power of it. But the upstream issue is what you first fill your mind with and then ruminate on that. Equally powerful, but it cuts both ways. And then finally, Paul says, do that, do that. Fill your minds and meditate on this stuff. And God, here comes the promise. If you do the work, if you put in the time, God will work you into His most excellent harmonies. How, how good does that sound? How good does that thought life sound? Now, last week I ran some diagnostics. One of the diagnostics I ran is was the was the was the question when I then I looking for maybe some triggers that set off a warning light to a when I scenario that your current default thought pattern takes you to a less than God's best place. Yeah, when that when I then I and I don't like the then I so great okay let's let's work with that let's talk about that let's explore that for me my one of my most prominent when I, then I, and the, the then I leads me and finds me in a place less than God's best, happens on Mondays. And it's not Mondayitis, and it's not, I don't like Mondays, and I sing the song over and over like an emo. Uh, it's, it's for, so, and again, this cuts both ways. And it's a bit of an occupational hazard. This is not unique to me per se, but as a leader of a church, when Sundays have gone great, Numbers are up, first-time guests, our online experience is cooking. I felt, if it's me preaching, I felt like I've preached you know, what God wanted me to do, give myself like an eight and a half out of 10. Uh, music team's been cooking, a lot of energy. When, it's, when that happens, Mondays, man, you come visit me, you you would assume I've been smoking something. Man, I am high as a kite. Mondays, oh, I love Mondays. Love me some Mondays. However, when, as occasionally happens, occupational hazards, Sundays have not met my exceedingly high expectations, then I start to think, not great thoughts. Man, am I even meant to be doing this? Is this really what, you know, should I just go and sell insurance? Maybe John Hughes has got money he's looking for, pump out those Hyundai's, I mean, and it's dark. You come visit me, I, I ain't been smoking nothing. I'm, I, got a, I got a dark cloud over my head. And when that happens, I just, I, I cannot, and I've trained myself to not just let that go. And, and whichever default, whichever side of that line I land on, I'll just stay there. No, no. If, I'm, if I'm on the negative side, if I'm on the, then I have to do something that Craig Rochelle calls the replacement principle. And whilst he calls it the replacement principle, he didn't come up with it. In fact, Jesus kind of was the key role model for this. Jesus, when he first, he'd been baptized, and he was about to enter his public ministry phase of his life. Just before that, he went to do a little bit of extra prep and he went out into the desert, into the wilderness, and he fasted on his own for 40 days. And right at the end of that fast, when he was at his most vulnerable, the devil showed up, because that's what the devil does. Showed up and he starts hitting Jesus with lies. Lie number one, lie number two, lie number three. And the reason he had to go one, two, three is because after he hit Jesus with number one lie, Jesus pushed back with God's truth. And the devil was like, because the devil knows God's word, by the way, better than we do, just so in case, you know, no judgment, but he does. And he comes at us with a lie. He came at Jesus with a lie. And Jesus went, no, 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 this is what God says. And the devil's like, okay, fair enough. I'll give you that one. All right, all right, let me try a second one. And he hits it with a second line. Jesus goes, Yeah, yeah, okay, sure, it sounds appealing and everything, but this is actually what God says. And the devil's like, Oh, nuts. Uh, okay, third time, lucky, hits him again, another lie. And Jesus' is like, No, mate, sorry, I, I got something better than that. I got God's truth. And Jesus modeled the replacement principle, replacing the lie with God's truth. Louis jumped on here up here briefly last week and said this is a years long journey that she has previously been on with some very uh, debilitating thought patterns that had become her default in an, in an era of her life and she had to do the, the time and the work and put that in. Every time that lie came up, she had to replace it and she actually developed the truth and, and quoted that back to the devil. And over years, the truth is now her default thought pattern. The devil doesn't even bother her with the other ones, like waste of effort. And I want to show you, and I'm ripping these from Craig's book, I'm going to show you three scenarios that one, one or more might actually land with y'all. And if they don't, there's others in his book. Um, but here's a couple of examples, here's three examples of what the replacement principle might look like. If, if, if the... Upstream question is one of these three. So here's one. You might find yourself and your thoughts struggling to know God's specific will. And the to he's going to get in there. You'll never know. You're not good enough. You think you're... And, 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 and if we allow that unchecked, not confronted, that becomes the truth that we start to believe. But there's a replacement truth that's from God's Word That says something like, my life belongs to God. Daily I seek Him and daily He directs my steps. I know His voice and He leads me into His perfect will. So as that thought comes, learn this truth and and confess that truth and push back and replace the lie with God's truth. Here's another one. Maybe you're lacking confidence. You feel God's called you to something, but you're like, I don't know if I could. The devil's going to jump. Of course you can't. Of course, what, and 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 the devil's going to be, and we need to push back with God's truth. For example, my confidence is in Jesus, because His Holy Spirit lives in me. I can do everything He calls me to do. Not everything. This one is me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, all things that God's called you to, through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, okay, sounds about right. Well, this one. This is pretty everyday battling worry, and so it doesn't matter what the situation, the circumstance is. You just. Whatever it is, you, you've kind of infused it with worry. And the devil's going to be in there. Yeah, of course you should worry. I mean, what if, what if, what if, what if? And you're like, yeah, I know, I know. Or we use the replacement principle and replace the lie with God's truth. Because of Jesus, I'm not anxious about anything. I cast my cares on God because he cares for me. I have the peace of God dwelling in my heart and ruling my mind. So there's some examples of truths that we can actually learn and we can actually have them at the ready to fire back in here when the lie starts to dominate our thoughts. Now, again, these are in the book, uh, little uh, leg up podcast people as well. These three examples, uh, all of our slide decks every week, we put on our website, elevatechurch.me. So if you're like, oh, (laughs) I missed all those. Uh, They're they're on our website. So go to elevatechurch.me, click on media, and you'll see the slide decks, and you can just scroll through them. And here's what you can do. I'm gonna tell you something that you might not know. On your phone, you have a notes app. You didn't put it there, they did but it's there and it's free and what you can do. And again, I say, if you want want to, no one's gonna make you and no one can do it for you, but if you want to reroute your thinking with any area or areas that are currently less than God's best, you need to put in the time and you need to do the work. And here's an example of what that might look like. Get on our website, it's free. Open up your notes app, also free and take one of those and type them into your notes app. And so when you're in the wild and having any one of those lies come into your brain, you're like, oh, what was that truth? What was that truth? Well, initially, the devil it, is not it gonna you know, pop open your notes app and go, yeah, all right, devil, listen to this, mate, and fire off. And then you'll eventually start to learn them and they become things you don't need to grab your notes app for. But how easy is that? Apart from you actually have to do something. Oh huh, what? Sounds like adulting to me. You can be an adult or a kid-old. It's a choice. So let me finish with something that we dropped us into last week. Again, this is Paul Yoll. Wrote to the church in Corinth, the second letter he wrote to them. This is what he, he encouraged them with. We teed off with this last week. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Again, only if we choose to. <laughs> but they are there. The God tools are there. And, 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 and ultimately, the promise is that we can fit our thoughts into, oh, it's just the way I am. It's the way you are now, but it's not the way you have to stay. If you choose to do the work, and put in the time. Now, that's it for today, class. Next week, I'm preaching at a church in Melbourne virtually, because I ain't going there, and uh, they sure as heck ain't coming here, grubby Victorians. Um, so I'm preaching there. So Steve Hall is uh, is going to take the third week of this series next week, so that's great. Um, and I'll be here, because, you know, technology and everything. And then week four, which is the final week of this series, uh, our prayer team, we're going to actually have them uh, on duty because um, we know that sometimes, you know, that sometimes like some of these have such a strong thoughts, can have such a stronghold over people that 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 you need God to sort of just kind of start the breaking free process. And then I shared with our team this morning, God can do, and we, see God is both pro, Sorry, Jared. Uh, God is both process and event, and sometimes He's only process, sometimes He's only event, and sometimes He's process and event. He's not one or the other. And so we're all about the process and rerouting our neural pathways, or whatever. We also believe that God's a God of miracles, and He can do more in a, in a, in a, in a millisecond sometimes than we can do in months, years, and decades. And so we, we, we're going to go with both. <laughs> so on that day, week four, two weeks' time, Uh, our prayer team, we're going to pray for anyone and everyone who wants also some prayer in this area as well. So that's what we do. We hold our shields of faith together. Yeah.
0: We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.